Good morning, everyone. My name is Hitan Mehta, and I have the privilege of being the Executive Director at the British Asian Trust. The British Asian Trust is an organization that is driven by the British Asian diaspora and His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales as our royal founding patron. We are supported by some of the most incredible people across the UK and South Asia, which enables us to make the most positive difference possible for poor and marginalized people across the region. To date, we've had a positive impact on the lives of 5 million people. At times like this, when there is a global pandemic affecting the lives of hundreds of thousands of people, our organization is more important than ever. Last year, through our COVID-19 appeal for South Asia, we raised almost one million pounds and were able to reach more than 150,000 people with emergency relief support and frontline services. We know that in the months and years ahead, the British Asian Trust will be needed to do more than ever as we seek to rebuild a successful post-COVID world. To help us with this, I'm delighted to say that we've secured a partnership with the UK government in which the government will match the, any donations, every single pound that we raise in March, April and May this year. It will be doubled by them so that we can enable us to continue reaching some of the most marginalised communities and people in South Asia. Since the COVID-19 pandemic began, the British Asian Trust has been running a series of high-level webinars called the BAT Insights Series, and I'm absolutely delighted to welcome you today to this particularly interesting session. In England, we have seen some of the restrictions start to lift, and the government's four-step roadmap offering a somewhat normal way of life and a route map to that. The success of the vaccination program is one major factor, but after a year of pandemic, people are re-examining and remaking every part of not only their lives, but their businesses as well. Today, I am delighted that we're being joined by Ashok Waswani, Chief Executive Officer for Consumer Banking and Payments at Barclays, who will share some of his economic insights into what is happening in our world today. We at the British Asian Trust are extremely fortunate to have an amazing group of trustees, supporters and advisors. One of those is our good friend Alpesh Patel OBE, a long-standing supporter of the Trust and founding principal of Profinium Partners. He's also an author and a broadcaster. Alpesh has decades of experience as an investment professional and investment advisor to governments, private banks and investment funds. He's authored several investment books and is also a former visiting fellow in business at Corpus Christi College, Oxford University. I wish to thank both Alpesh and Ashok for joining us here today. Before I hand over to Alpesh to facilitate this discussion, just a couple of points. If you wish to ask questions, feel free to type them into the Q&A box and we'll pass them on to Alpesh and time permitting, we'll get to them. This event is being recorded. Without further ado, please join me in welcoming Alpesh Patel. Thank you, and I'll start my video as well while we're at it. There we go. Thanks very much, Hithan, for that lovely introduction. And it's an absolute privilege uh, to have this conversation with Ashok. And Ashok, I've, I've got to thank you for uh, making the time uh, to do this as well. Let me just uh, introduce uh, Ashok to everybody here. And we've got, a, we've got a, a good amount of time as well to ask you about everything from COVID, Brexit, 
you know, what's changing in the world of banking, markets, fintech, uh, how Barclays is going to revolutionize all of those things, and also the philanthropic arm of activities uh, such as what British Asian Trust do and how uh, you've been supporting them as well. So let me do the intro. And the great thing about Zoom is I can cheat. I've got it in front of me, I confess, though I've read it about half a dozen times because it's so inspiring. So I really want people to pay attention to this. Your Chief Executive Officer of Consumer Banking and Payments, okay? And that's group-wide, not just the UK, but group-wide. Uh, and that means you're in charge of executing the plans for the group's consumer banking, private banking and payments businesses across Asia, UK, Europe and the US. So pretty much the world over. And we know consumer banking and payments are the, the massive growth areas that we expect to see. So exciting times for you, obviously, and, and for Barclays. Just to run through some of the other things, uh, you were CEO of Barclays Bank UK, covering, of course, retail banking, wealth, business banking, uh, Barclay card as well. And what I found interesting is you're also a member of the Barclays Executive Committee and a board member also for Pratham, a, a sort of a sister organization of British Asian Trust, you know, again, helping uh, uh, helping in the area of philanthropy there as well. You've been a director of Lend a Hand and a number of other nonprofit organizations focused on rural education um, in India, which is where you were, of course, Born, you were schooled in India. You went to um, uh, you went to Bombay University and Sydenham College, College of Commerce and Economics. So there's no Eton, there's no Harrow, there's no Oxford, there's no Cambridge, and you had and you're at the pretty much the pinnacle of Barclays worldwide. So we'll have to um, address that and 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 you know, some of the some of the advice you might want to give others who are looking to get into finance. So without further ado. I'd like to um, ask Ashok to say a few words first before we do the, the Q&A, please, if I may. And um, Ashok, over to you and thank you again for doing this. And uh, especially because you're about to go to a rugby match, I suspect. I love the jersey. Alpha, it's so good to see you. It's always a pleasure uh, to be with you. Uh, and I'm very, very excited about uh, being with you and the broader group uh, today. It would, you know, uh, words like unprecedented, uh, never, you know, black swan, all these words relating to the pandemic have now become honestly cliche, right? It's been an incredible year. And I think it's affected life at multiple levels. Uh, I think it's affected all of us in our family lives, and we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, I really worry a lot about mental health and what happens to my family, what happens to your family, what happens to all my colleagues at work and my friends and how they're dealing with it. Obviously, it's a big, big deal uh, for businesses and the way the businesses have to, uh, have to adapt. But you know, above all, Alpesh, this is about human ingenuity and how nobody should ever think of betting against human ingenuity. Whether that human ingenuity is in medicine, whether that's in business, whether that's in persistence, whether that's in resilience, it is quite. I feel I feel very uh, I feel very warm and feel very good about human uh, ingenuity. But you know, thinking about everything that's happened, uh, clearly, at least in the UK, uh, uh, at least in the UK, the vaccine has been a phenomenal rollout, great success. Kudos to the government for having done it so brilliantly. Uh, obviously, businesses took a massive 
hit, particularly in lockdown one, uh, slightly better in lockdown two, a slight dip in lockdown three. Now, this is very important. In lockdown one, I think businesses were just not prepared. So if you look at payment volumes, for example, Alpesh, it was down like 47% year on year during lockdown one. Lockdown two improved to about 27% down year on year. Consider it was a holiday period, but also consider lockdown two wasn't as severe as lockdown one or lockdown three. Lockdown three dipped about 32%. So if you just say lockdown one to lockdown three, minus 47 to minus 32, what happened that enabled the economy to recover even during lockdown? And really that is all about the digitization of the economy, which of course we'll get into. Now, not lost on me is that you shouldn't look at the total of this. You should actually break this up by what happened to large corporates who are obviously a little easier for them to kind of deal with this and what happened to small businesses. And I think the small businesses have actually uh, borne the pain of this. And everything that we can do to help small businesses recover out of this pandemic, I think is going to be absolutely critical. And I know Alpesh, you are sure to uh, kind of talk a little bit about this. So human ingenuity, 2020 is going to go down in history as a remarkable year for not only the pandemic, but also uh, digital inflection. And I think we should spend a little bit of time chatting about that. So uh, lots to talk about, Alpesh. Let me throw it open and let's get into uh, the conversation. All hard questions you answer, the easy ones are for me. There are going to be, I'm afraid there's going to be one or two hard questions because we've got some from the audience. Um, you might be getting some job applications as well. And I'm going to come to that in a second <laughs> as well. Um, look, let me start off with the area that I love. And I think this is how we might have first met when I was doing something on BBC Radio for Today program about Barclays stock price. And I think then we got talking. So let me start off with that part first. Then we'll get to helping small businesses, COVID, Brexit, uh, innovation, fintech, all of those things which our audience wants to know about. Your stock price is up 100% since around October of last year. Now, I've got to declare an interest. I bought in into banks such as yours when there were at those multi-year lows because they were at like 1997 less, uh, levels. So it was a no-brainer. However, you're in payments. You're in consumer banking. Can you get, can you, what can you do at Barclays in that fintech revolutionary space where we're seeing all these other challenger banks to get your price from where it is now at roughly 200-ish to where it was in, and I'm looking at it in 2007 when it was at 800. Can you assure quadruple that with all the innovation, all the technology that's coming out and the firepower Barclays has? Yeah, so Alpesh, obviously, you know, you know I'm not allowed to comment uh, particularly on the stock price. And uh, I think you would, you, you would be the right person. And if folks on the call, if there's one thing you do take away is please follow this man. You'll make a lot of money. Uh, as far as Barclays is concerned, I think, you know, Alpesh, the big thing for us has been the strategy of being a universal bank. You know, combining the investment banking side of the house with the consumer side of the house so that, you know, uh, Sometimes one engine is down and sometimes the other engine is down. But when both engines are roaring, obviously the company does really, really well. And you would have seen in Q2, Q3 of last year, uh, you know, the consumer bank took a, uh, took a hit, but you know, the, particularly the investment bank and the markets business 
was doing exceptionally well. That continued into Q4. Uh, and let's see what Q1 has uh, to say. We are going to announce results uh, pretty much at the end, end of the month. On the consumer side of the house, yes, we took Q2, Q3 results. A lot of that, Alpesh, you would know, technical accounting asked us to take a lot of the loss provisions up front. And so obviously we did that. But I think we've utilized the period of the pandemic, eight, nine months. If I feel proud about it, we've really utilized it to move the strategic agenda of the bank, of the consumer bank. We've been on this digitization journey and we've continued this digitization journey. And you know, one of the things that we realized is e-commerce is important, but the digitization of commerce is important. No longer can digitization be only within your ecosystem. You've got to think of digitization across ecosystems. So for example, how do we partner up? Apple is a great partner of us. You know, when they bought a new phone, how do we actually tell everybody it's really, really easy to get a new phone? By the way, we can help you with the purchase. By the way, we can help you with financing. By the way, we can give you a receipt. By the way, we can automize returns and literally digitize that entire ecosystem. And I'm very excited about the digitization of commerce, uh, which is so linked to our payments business. Uh, you know, and that, that I think will take Barclays forward. Well, let's stay on that theme then. The whole digitization, obviously in terms of what Barclays provides, but in terms of for businesses, especially at this difficult time because of COVID and Brexit, what advice would you say to those businesses? I mean, what are you seeing at the top of Barclays? Because you deal obviously with consumers, but because you deal with payments, you deal with businesses as well worldwide. What, what, are there any things they're missing, things that they should know about, things that they should really be focused on and emphasizing, which will benefit them from your perspective? So Alpesh, I've come to believe that every single company will have to become some, at some level, a financial services company. No company today can close its eyes to uh, online trading, right? Whether you're in B2C or whether you're B2B, online trading is gonna become essential. And if online trading is to become essential, at the very least, companies have to accept payments. They have to learn how to accept payments digitally. And that's where we can help by becoming the kind of plumbing which wires into the company. Now, what happened in the last 12 months? Very, very, very important alteration. If you think about it, the large corporates, because they've already on that kind of some level of digital journey, for them to kind of switch and become you know, take much more of their business digitally was easier, easier, not easy, but easier than yeah. small businesses. Even large corporates have to become very, very savvy as to how they fulfill the entire ecosystem of finding customers, helping them with the purchase, financing the purchase, settling for any returns and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Figuring out returns is a big deal, particularly for a B2C company right? Returns is a big deal, even if you're a B2B company. Now, in SMEs, what has become very clear is that SMEs realized that they had to go online, but they didn't really have the wherewithal to do it themselves. So they jumped onto existing ecosystems. Existing ecosystems who own the last mile. So Alpes, think about ordering food in, right? Today, if you're trying to order food in, even if you go to the local Turkish kebab restaurant in your neighborhood, they will normally guide you onto delivery, right? Yeah. And you do the ordering on delivery, 
and stuff like that. What has happened is that the people who have won out are the people who control the last mile. And SMEs have to figure out as to how they get some balance back in that kind of equation, right? So uh, how, do you, how do SMEs understand their customers better? How do SMEs tap into this nerve of shop local? And then how do SMEs fulfill uh, is going to become very, very, very important. And, and tell me with the with what the bank's doing, how are you reaching out to train up the SMEs? And this also relates to a question we had on, you know, things like cybersecurity, because you as a big player, uh, uh, not just in the ecosystem, obviously, to provide services, but actually to educate and grow the marketplace, empower the marketplace. What are some of the things you're doing, both on the consumer side, against, you know, we've seen a spike up in fraud and scams that people are suffering from. We've seen some you know, some of those great adverts from Barclays, which are trying to teach people the basics of the internet, but also with businesses. What are you doing to help those businesses? As I say, beyond just the providing services, because I know you've got a personal philosophy of making sure you empower them, educate them, inform them, help them grow as partners. So tell me some of the things, some of the initiatives you've got in that space. Yeah. So Alpesh, uh, obviously our core of our business is the allowing uh, companies, particularly SMEs, uh, to both take payments and make payments, right? And that's a pretty easy thing to do. Uh, you can go to our, our website and you know everything kind of happens quite digitally. But more important than that, we've tried to do a couple of things to help SMEs. Number one, uh, if you go to our website, you get a list of a lot of webinars that we are doing. And these webinars range from everything if you want to go digital or how you navigate through Brexit, how do you start when you know you're exporting for the yeah. first time? Those webinars are the kind of feedback we've got, and the NPS scores on those webinars is fantastic. So that's what we are kind of doing ourselves. We know that's not going to be enough, so we are also helping, and we've tied up with other partners to help. You know, Alpesh, one big big deal I think for small businesses is tapping into this sentiment of being local. I think everybody is understood that you know, uh, we must support local shops, small establishments, whether they be restaurants, florists, dry cleaners, whatever it may be, right? And so we've tied up with Nextdoor, for example. You would know Alpesh, Nextdoor is a very famous Silicon Valley company, yeah. <clears throat> but we've tied up with Nextdoor to enable SMEs reach out to the customers in their kind of neighborhood. Another initiative is, uh, you would obviously know of Sherry Coot, Sherry Kut has done a fabulous, fabulous job uh, and huge kudos to Digital Boost. Digital Boost is a platform that brings together SMEs and brings together volunteers, right? To be able to give SMEs a digital boost, right? It is really fantastic work what Sherry and her team have done. Digital Boost is something I would really encourage people to go out to uh, kind of learn from You've got volunteers there who would help us. Of course, back home, uh, Alpesh, our Digital Eagles program, I hope everybody has heard about that. We continue to go uh, with, uh, with, we continue to try push our Digital Eagle program as much as possible because it's just so fundamental. So a lot, there are lots of resources out there for SMEs, right from learning 
actually having volunteers uh, who can help you with a whole bunch of stuff. I think I think that the other point that you made around fraud and scams is very very critical. And the one thing I'd like to leave with everybody is please 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 there are simple things you can do. There are very simple things that you can do which can avoid fraud and scams. You when you leave your home don't leave the door unlocked. You when you walk out of your car lock your car. You keep the keys safely in your pocket. It's the same thing. Passwords are like your key, right? Unfortunately, we did research, and 60%, 65% of people use either A, B, C, D, E, F, or their date of birth. You don't need to do that. You know, you just got to make it. You know, even if you use seasons, add two exclamation marks, right? You know, just make it a little hard, right? And there's nothing stopping you picking up the phone and reconfirming a particular email you've got. or a change of bank instructions you've got and think about yourself as a trusted peer or a trusted pay is the person you're making to somebody you can trust right there are too many folks out there trying to take advantage of the situation simple simple stuff keeping your software up to date installing malware uh, installing vm malware which protects you from cyber is such a critical thing uh, very simple things which you can do uh to kind of really take care of this situation and 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 just to loop back all of these things you know you mentioned barclays eagles you know the 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 programs you have with startups the programs you have with businesses the education stuff it's on the website and and people always loathe obviously i don't know what it is but you know we we sometimes think oh big bank website no no i'm not going to look but actually like you said with your webinars there are there are treasure trove of insights and information to really understand how they can help your business Yeah. Absolutely well pitch. Um let's move into Brexit uh and again let's talk about business. Obviously a massive bank like yours and and we've got you as a CEO who who has those insights. What would you advise businesses? Uh you know, we've talked about consumers, but what would you advise businesses on <coughs> payment front you have answered that to some extent, but in terms specifically of Brexit what are the things you're seeing they're lagging on and they need more advice or you know do you want to flash in front of them and say listen guys trust me on this this is what you should be looking at and doing so alpesh isn't it incredible isn't it if if up to march 7th 8th of last year all we would have talked about would be brexit right suddenly 8th of march 10th of march you choose the date to today i mean frankly brexit is kind of faded into the background now i i have no desire to get into good bad or ugly it is what it is and we got to get ready for it right and as a bank uh, that's exactly what we did we got ready for it we reorganized uh, you know we are now the largest bank in ireland uh, with dublin as a headquarters and stuff like that look i think whether it is large corporates or whether it is small businesses they've got to look at how they reorganize they are operations to take care of this so for you know one simple thing for example is payments right because now eu is not one region and uk is separate from the eu the rates of interchange change so if earlier on you were sitting in the uk and selling something to uh, into europe uh, the amount that would be cut is different today and more today than it was earlier so how do big companies think about this and how do they rearrange uh, their payment kind of uh, things obviously this is going to be balanced off 
this is not the only thing. It's balanced out by other elements of uh, legal entity, uh, structuring, tax, uh, governance matters, and stuff like that. I think for, for government, for small businesses, it's about just learning as to what the new rules and regulations are. And at any, at any point when you're trying to institute so many new rules and regulations, there will be roadblocks. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And you know, if you watch TV enough, you see uh, enough of these roadblocks. Once again, it's a matter of education. Again, it's a matter of just saying, hey, what applies to me? Uh, and how am I going to kind of deal with it? Again, we are trying to put out as many webinars as we can, as many Q&A sessions as we can. Small businesses can talk to their relationship managers uh, to help. And you know, this has also got issues for you know, British folks, for example, living in other parts of the world, where it's become far more difficult to do their banking now because of the rules and regulations of host countries. Yeah. So it's best to have the conversation and see what works for you in your particular circumstances. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, look, you're obviously a traditional bank going back a couple of hundred years. Um, when we see, you know, a lot of the audience, they'll be younger. Of course, they'll be your future customers and, and so on. When we look at the challenger banks, you know, the Starlings or the Revoluts, and, and, and you look at, say, the, the alternative banks like Oak North, um, do you see yourself becoming into that mold? So people say Barclays, yeah, fintech, innovative, uh, because those might not be the words that come to mind at the moment, obviously, because you've got a great heritage and tradition. But are you leading the charge for that level of innovation? And, and, and what is that vision? What, what's the future Barclays going to look like in, say, three years? So, Alpesh, we, Barclays is 328 years old. Okay. By the way, we are older than the Bank of England. By the way, the United States, the country, feels like a teenager because they're only about 200 years old, right? We have seen the plague. We've seen industrial revolution. We've seen uh, the agricultural revolution. We've seen World War I. We've seen World War II. We've seen Bretton Woods. We've seen the airplane industry take off. We've seen man land on moon. I would submit to you that change is built into our DNA. We've been changing for the last 328 years. There's no reason why we can't change now. If there's anybody who's got experience with change, it is us. I rest my case, Alvish. Thank we you. We will well, continue I, to change. And you've got that, you know, that global experience as well. I know you yourself, because it's going to have to come from you because you're leading that part of the organization. Um, and I'm looking at the questions as well, and there's quite a few. There's, uh, I might come back again to Kurt because there's quite a few, and you know that probably gives you an indication of what the public are interested in as well. Um, two other areas that I want to touch upon, because I know I had quite a few questions on this, both from TikTok, so it was the younger audience, which is jobs. You know, it's a tough time out there, finance, financial services. What's your advice to somebody who might be wanting to look at Barclays either as a job, you know, how do they stand out, or an internship or an apprenticeship? Um, I know, of course, there's the HR department. I mean, do we say to them, go to the HR department? What's your advice to them for their CV, for the degree courses or otherwise, or getting an entry into Barclays if they haven't got a degree? What, what would you say to them if you're sitting opposite you now? So, Alpesh, I would, I would always, you know, <clears throat> I would always tell youngsters, first thing and most important thing is utilize the time when you're just out of college, just out of university or whatever, to find what you're really, truly passionate about. 
I don't expect you at 21, 22, 23 to really know what you're passionate about. But what I would really expect you to do is spend the next three, four, five years understanding what you're passionate about. Otherwise, you know, and you know, you are an extremely hardworking person. You cannot, you cannot, you know, you cannot excel if you're not truly passionate, right? And I would always recommend to read, you know, you know, there's this book called Jonathan Levin Seagull, right? It's, it's just a few pages, but it really talks about the seagull who's got this passion to fly higher and faster than anybody else. You must read that book, right? It is such a great book. Just give me the title again because it broke up. Just give me Seagull. the title. Seagull by Jonathan Livingston. Brilliant book, right? Finding your passion in life. Once you find your passion in life, then the question things like, what is work? What is uh, play? Uh, you know, all those kind of things just disappear, right? Because that in itself becomes what you want. Now, it's evident that certain things like, you know, uh, digital skills uh, and digital skills, even for, you know, even for people who go in the arts, data visualization is going to be a brilliant area going forward. Build the skills that will take you to the future, yeah. right? What are the kind of things that take you to the future? And things like, data visualization, analytics, design, things that, you know, when I was at least growing up, did not even exist. Today are becoming so important. If you can find your passion, equip it with the skills. Also remember, you know, when I was growing up, you could study 25 years in your life, work for the next 40 years, 45 years, and then retire. That model is gone. Today's education system has to be about learning how to learn, yeah. learning how to learn because you will have to learn for the next 50 years of your life, yeah. right? So learn how to learn, find your passion, continue learning, and you'll be great. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, you know, look, coming from you, that carries so much more weight because you're already in the bank. You're the one and, and the people working under you who decide who, you know, who you're looking for. And I think very often, the people I speak to, they they don't have that confidence of knowledge because obviously there's social division in society. Speaking of which, when we look at, say, let's start with UK India because we're guests of British Asian Trust and the amount of work they do under the auspices of the, the Prince of Wales to bridge those gaps, to have social mobility. Let me start off with first asking you, um, uh, because you know the Prime Minister was supposed to be going to India, but because of COVID he couldn't. Um, how do you see the Indian market growing? How do you see UK-India relations now that the UK government has this pivot towards India? And what are Barclays' plans from, from where you're sitting for uh, the Indian market? So, Alpesh, uh, obviously, the Indian, uh, India, UK go back a long time, a uh, very, very long time. And the work, I mean, the kind of work that you're doing, Alpesh, really to promote uh, trade uh, between India at a very high level, the kind of political uh, connections that you're creating, the UK, India Business Council, uh, all the great work that you're doing. And of course, both the countries are kind of working on. We are natural, we are very, very natural uh, partners. We are very natural kind of allies. Uh, I, I, when I used to, when I was growing up, I was always told every NRI worth his salt has one foot in England, right? Uh, and therefore there's a very, Natural and we, we, people like you and I should fuel this because we are beneficiaries of this and giving back towards this 
is is so uh, is so important. That's why the work the British Asian Trust does is so so amazing, particularly at the time of this pandemic. Like I said right in the beginning, this pandemic has forced a lot of people to think about things differently, including giving back, including how grateful we are for the houses that we have, where we can actually cocoon ourselves, right? And think about everybody who doesn't have that ability. Along with the British Asian Trust, and you referred to it, I'm a trustee for uh, Pratham, right? And Pratham, I mean, again, phenomenal work on the ground, teaching people. Imagine they having to go digital to kids who don't have digital capabilities. So teaching classes on the radio. I mean, I mean, Alpesh, human ingenuity again. Yeah. How do you take classes and teach them on the radio? It's like incredible. Uh, you know, this is something we should think about and say in our own way, what are we going to give back? And, you know, British Asian is, uh, Trust is a great route. Uh, it's, it's, it's managed exceptionally well. Uh, you know, so either through them, through others, if you give back to Pratham, obviously, yeah. uh, I would be delighted. But you choose, you choose your route. But think about how grateful you should be for where you are. Count your blessings and somebody else an opportunity. And, and, and there's this important role that I know financiers like Barclays have, because with, with British Asian Trust, you know, when they've um, introduced their very innovative impact bond. Uh, 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 and obviously, there's this whole story around ESG, which I'm sure will be incredibly important to you. But I guess, and, and CSR, as I guess it used to be called, um, how do you see that playing out for Barclays as a bank? You've got focus on the bottom line, you've got shareholders, you know, who want their returns. And then you've got this ESG, where is that a distraction? Is it something which helps the share price, do you think, and gives those returns? And, and you know, so, so you're not distracted away. What, what, where does that fit in for you? See, Alpesh, you know, a lot of people uh, try and position this as this versus this. And I think that's fundamentally the wrong thing to do. And I'll tell you why. I've become a soul, soul, strong supporter and a believer that every company, not just a bank, of course a bank, of course Barclays, but every company must have a societal purpose. And that is not CSR, Alpesh. Why is it not CSR? Because when we say society, what do we really mean? When I say society, I mean customers plus prospects. Everybody who's a customer of mine in the UK or is a prospect of mine in the UK put together their society. So for me to be doing something that solves the societal problem has to be part of my business model. If it's not part of my business model, I cannot win, right? Now, Alpha, you would know, there's no way anybody can accuse Apple of having products which are cheap, right? If anything, Apple products are pretty incredibly expensive, right? But why is it that people don't hesitate to pay that price because Apple made technology intuitive. Alpesh, you tell me, why is it that you can buy an Apple product and don't have to charge it while you can buy a Sony, a Samsung, an LNG or whatever, and the first thing you gotta do is charge it. Why, right? Those are the kind of things where your societal purpose is to make technology intuitive, see the rewards it gets you. How do you kind of think about every company 
what is your societal purpose in our case it's very 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 clear money is a means to something or the other right alpesh you are a very very well known person you're an ob you're dealing with politicians all that kind of good stuff you know exceptional schools all of that stuff all of that cost money right you had to learn how to network you went to brilliant colleges schools all that cost money you have certain hopes and aspirations i have certain hopes and aspirations maybe all i want to do is get my get my daughter to a good college right our hopes and aspirations may differ but giving us the confidence that we can meet our hopes and aspirations is our role in society that yes we are there with you help you through this journey that you have the money to help you meet your hopes and aspirations and how do we kind of guide you along I'm really got, fundamentally important I, I, and that's phenomenally inspiring because we've got to meet your halfway we've got to take the step and say right this is what i want from my bank this is what you're offering i'm going to actually look we're not entitled to any of the things you've mentioned the speaking of hopes and aspirations again let's stick with that that broader theme then um there's been reports on ethnic representations at the the top boards of footsie companies okay you know that uh there's people of ethnic minorities heading up adobe microsoft pepsi google some of the biggest greatest companies in the world microsoft is now worth more than the entire footsie 100 right why are we still not seeing ethnic minority representation right at the top of footsie 100 companies the talents there hint hint my good friend the talents there what what's what's the blockage in britain that doesn't seem to exist in america so alpesh i uh, i can't remember the stats at the top of my head but i think we've made progress right i think we've made progress i you know whether it is from a gender perspective or whether it's from an ethnicity perspective clearly we've made progress we should bring in our friends from green park they're always doing these studies and they they are very very they are very very good at it look i think fundamentally what we've got to realize if we truly want to be at least the way i think about it if i truly want to understand what my customers want my colleague base has to be a reflection of my customer base right how will i understand my customer base if my colleagues are not representative of that and therefore getting proportional representation in colleague base is a business essential if you don't do that you're dead the what i worry about more than this alpesh is that we do a lot of recruitment in in uh, in the name of diversity right we do a lot of recruitment in the name of diversity but then having recruited we never ever pay attention to making sure that they are kind of been given a place and feel comfortable enough to survive in that place right sorry alpesh i'm going to make a plug for one more Ooh, please. Uh, don't, don't don't even don't even read the book just watch the video if you can just go to youtube and uh, google the giraffe and the elephant right okay it is it is four or five minutes the giraffe and the elephant it brings home diversity so beautifully uh, and i would strongly recommend that uh, the viewers of this show I'll pay you a very busy but if you can spare 5 minutes please 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 do have a look at the giraffe and the elephant my friend when it comes from ceos of banks with you know people who got a proven track record like your good self 
trust me, I listen, I make the time, I'm learning. And it's like you said, and it's the advice you gave, which I want to repeat to people. It's that ability to learn how to learn, which is important. But let me stick with that, though. Let's stick. What are, what are some of the life-changing books or videos, I guess we'd say now, or podcasts? Give us some quick fire things people should be reading, listening to, people they should be reading, listening to. Uh, because I think, you know, people love that kind of takeaway. I know I will. So, you know, yeah. what, what are things which have helped you and you'd advise others to focus on? So the list is extremely long, Ashish, but I'll tell you the most recent one, which really, really struck me. There's an incredible book called The Courage to be Disliked. The Courage to be Disliked is by a Japanese philosopher. Uh, it's available on, uh, available on Amazon. Uh, available on Amazon in the UK. By the way, it's not available on Amazon in, the, in India. It's a white-colored kind of cover with green Japanese uh, letterings. Alpesh, this is a book that made me question a lot of my beliefs. Uh, a lot of my beliefs as I was, you know, all through my years. And fundamentally, I mean, there's so many lessons in the book. But what took me away is a lot of us blame our past circumstances for the way we are today and how we do. And he basically calls time on that. And he said, you're fundamentally wrong, right? You cannot do that. That's a wrong way of thinking about it. There's a different way of thinking about it. This book has changed uh, a lot of my thinking. I would strongly recommend it. By the way, it's not an easy book to read. It is not an easy book to read, but I would still recommend stay with it, try and read it. From a business perspective, uh, Alpesh, one of the most defining books I've read uh, is uh, Clayton Christendon. He's the tenured professor at Harvard, the poor, the poor man. Uh, we lost him about a year ago. And he talks about this theory of job to be done, right? Uh, and, you know, Alpesh is a very interesting theory. He says, like, so you get up in the morning, you choose which newspapers you want to read or which TV news show you want to choose, right? You choose because those, that particular newspaper is doing a job for you, right? You have chosen that newspaper to do that job for you, right? So you may choose a TV, uh, a, a TV news which specializes on business news versus political news, right? Because your job, the job is you want the business news. There's another beautiful example he gives about how they helped a fast food chain grow milkshakes. And typically you get an MBA and you say, make the milkshake thicker, make it, you know, a little more uh, watery, liquid, change the flavors. And he said, no, what is the job the milkshake is doing? And after a lot of study, they said in the morning, this is the US, uh, the job the milkshake is doing is actually giving a guy who's driving 45 minutes to work something that they can consume in the car. And it's not something that is, you know, messy, like a donut or a, or a, or a banana or something like that, something that keeps you full till about 11.30, 12 in the morning, right? And easy to pick up and go. At four o'clock, five o'clock in the evening, the job of the milkshake changes. It's really about kids who are with their parents. And the parents are feeling guilty because the kid is demanding a Coke or a Pepsi or something like that. They want to give something healthy to the kid, so they choose a milkshake, right? And therefore the job the milkshake does in the morning is very different from the job 
milkshake does in the evening how do you think about the job to be done and if you can crack the job to be done your business will roar right? well let me on that point then ask you two questions we're running out of time one is you know apple these to see themselves as a as a company which you know made computers and then you look at steve jobs's last few speeches before he passed away and there were a company whose job to be done was to make people happier that's the way they looked at it so they had this you know this evangelist around them what's barclay's job to be done in that context and also more importantly you as an individual have had immense success in your career you're obviously doing a lot of things right people want to emulate you they're inspired by you as i am what traits allowed you to the to do the job you had to get done that we can learn from which help people get ahead in life so i think at least from a barclays perspective it's exactly what i mentioned before right it's about truly helping people uh being their partner in meeting their hopes and aspirations whether those hopes and aspirations are for alpesh that may be for your business that may be because you're a governor that may be as a father right you have different hopes and aspirations for all three money is involved in all three how do we become your hope and aspiration as you kind of go along right personally alpesh look i fully realize i've been lucky uh, i've been very very lucky uh, it's not i mean it's impossible to kind of say that i'll live in so many parts of the world and this would happen if there's one person uh, whatever i am today whatever i am today good bad ugly uh, if you like me if you hate me uh, the one person you can kind of give credit to is my mother i would have never i would have never got here without her she was a lady far 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 ahead of her times and the way she pushed me alpesh was amazing uh, she constantly up to her dying day thought that i was not educated enough this is despite having done two postgraduate degrees uh, from india uh, but she said what is the point you haven't published papers you haven't shared uh, you know all your learnings uh, so i guess i let her down uh, in that respect uh, but you know uh, what i've realized is if by sharing what i've gone through uh, you know even if it helps one person just one person that's a big deal right that's my life made worth yeah and therefore all of us think should think about how we are going to give back right how do you keep learning how do you give back and i think that that is what is driving me that's, i just need to help one person and you know through this through obviously the power of barclays and the the the, the stuff you're publishing there to help businesses but also through this and what you've just said uh, uh that makes an impact and 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 we really thank you for it one last question before i do a proper thank you uh bullishness on the uk economy what's your projection both for the uk and the world economy a lot of business people watching lot of youngsters watching entering the jobs market what's your view so alpesh uh, the first thing i'd like to say is obviously we are starting from a low point as you know whether it was india whether it was the uk whether it's us uh last year gdp was down un, un unheard of right i mean it makes it makes the global financial crisis feel like a walk in the park the amount of gdp down two unreal unreal uh, government uh, intervention the amount of money the governments collectively have pumped into the economy completely off the charts right number 3 
just no opportunity for consumer spending. And, you know, I've heard of numbers like 154 trillion of con consumer uh, savings around the world, right? All of these things should point, should point to a very strong economy uh, recovery. Now, not lost upon me, and I don't think it should be lost upon anybody. The pandemic is not over, right? And anybody watching the news in India, it is scary. It is really scary. We cannot, we cannot make the mistake of saying everything is behind us. We've got to continue to be extremely careful. I believe in human ingenuity. I believe we'll overcome, but that doesn't mean we do stupid things. We've got to be really, really careful. If we are careful, if we are sensible, I think it should be an incredible growth uh, in all economies. Maybe, you know, the US kind of already roaring ahead. The UK very well poised to roar, roar ahead. And then, you know, countries as they kind of deal with this whole pandemic should start seeing a lot of growth. Ashok, thank you so much to, to end on that note as well, which is a, a, a note of optimism and, and the faith, you know, where we started with in, in ingenuity, but also just thank you for your personal friendship and also being at the head of such an important organization, because not just in terms of the work that you do, when we think about, you know, you mentioned British Asian Trust, I'm going to hand over to Hitan in a second, Ratan, there's Lender Hand, I couldn't get to um, Harin Thakur's question on that, what you do in terms of building up the economy. I know you've got this vision as well of going well beyond just the job to be done, but actually uplifting society. And that's critical to have people like you at the top with that vision and that view, because that's what uplifts, not just the companies and their stock prices, but actually um, nations as well. So really want to give a heartfelt thank you for all of that and being so generous with your time uh, and sharing all of this with everyone, because, uh, you know, it is invaluable and we'll make sure we broadcast it uh, over again and again as well. So thank you for all of that. Um, it's been absolutely my privilege to uh, to ask you these questions. I'm going to hand over now to Hidden from British Asian Trust is going to talk again about the, the amazing initiative that they've got going on. Thank you once again, Ashok. Uh, thank you so much to Ashok uh, for those incredible insights. Um, talking about digital inflection point that we're at, the digitizing of commerce being such an important part of what our future economy looks like. And then equally um, talking about uh, the idea of keep on learning and keep on giving back at the same time as well. And that idea of giving back, as I mentioned at the start, the British Asian Trust were right in the middle of our UK aid match appeal with the British government. So any donations to the trust to support those in South Asia recovering or dealing with the pandemic at this time uh, will be doubled by them uh, for any donations till the 31st of May. Um, on that note, please do look out for our future BAT Insights events uh, and our rolling program that we have. And if there's anything at all you'd like to suggest for one of these sessions, please do let us know. Thank you again to Ashok and of course to Albesh uh, for facilitating this discussion so much. Uh, wishing you all a great afternoon. Thank you again.